Prayer Wall Warriors, welcome to season three, episode four of the Prayer Wall podcast, the podcast for the healing, the broken, the overcomers. For those of us who need a little bit of faith, a little bit of inspiration, or sometimes both. Here, we discuss real life and raw experiences. By the end of this show, you'll be running to your prayer wall to surrender whatever topic we have covered to the Lord. I'm your host, Taylor McElwain, and this week on the Prayer Wall Podcast, we will be discussing Jesus the Advocate. All right, y'all. What a week it has been. I... It's just been a week. That's all I'm going to say. And this week coming up, it's going to be a week. So I am asking for um, prayer over my life. I feel like I'm usually the one who asks people for um, prayer requests and things of that sort. But if you are hearing this right now, I just want you to take the time to pray for me as I will be transitioning this week to a new step in life um, and moving and all of those great things. So prayer while warriors, please just keep y'all's favorite podcast hosts in y'all's prayers this week. Please, please, please. I would greatly appreciate it. But jumping into our conversation for the day, because we do have a great guest who's going to have this conversation with me. Um, but before we jump into that conversation, I do want to just say, um, you know, Black Lives Matter, BLM, hashtag BLM, is not trending anymore. But the movement is far from being over. You know, it may not be trending, um, but true advocates do work even when the hype has died down. Because there are people who are still being murdered at the hands of the police. There are Black people who are still being criminalized at alarming rates. There are still social institutions in place to perpetuate inequalities. So here we are. I wouldn't be me if I didn't have at least one episode every season about this matter because it does matter. And as a true advocate, these things will be discussed. Um, they are a huge part of my life. This is work that I eat, sleep, breathe. Um, and so, yeah, again, here we are. So like I said, today we have a special guest, Miss Terry Roberts Leonard. Um, she has been essential to my growth and development as an advocate. Um, she entered my life during a very pivotal time. I was an undergraduate um, freshman at Franklin College, and she pushed me to use my voice. She saw a talent in me um, and really, really listened and paid attention and pushed me to be the best person I could be and use the tools that God has given me to advocate for this cause. Um, so before we jump into that, I'm going to go into our prayer. So go ahead and bow y'all's heads for me. Close y'all's eyes if you can do so. Dear Heavenly Father, first and foremost, I want to thank you for today. I thank you for this week. I thank you for um, the commitment to this work on everybody's part, Father. Right now, I just ask that we engage, as we engage in this conversation, Father, that you just keep us open. Father, you keep our eyes on you, Father. Let us be of you, Father. For you say in the Bible, you shall do no injustice in court, Father. So allow us to talk about the injustices that are being done, Father, and then allow us to use your tools to break down and eradicate those systems to perpetuate these injustices. Father, you also say do what is just and right, Father. You ask us to rescue the hand of the oppressor, the one who has been robbed, Father. You ask us to do no wrong or violence to the foreigner, Father. So I ask that you protect those of us who feel like foreigners in our own country, Father. Be with us. Be with the advocates, Father. Be a shield when we are out on the front lines of this fight, Father. Give us rest when we are weary, Father. 
Give us strength, Father, when we feel like we have nothing else to hold on to. Father, give us hope when we feel like we are hopeless. Father, continue to push us, Father. Continue to allow us to be Christ-like and do the things that you did, Father, as an advocate in the Bible. It is in your name that we pray. Amen. Okay, so we have our great guest here today with us, Terry Roberts Leonard. Girl, you laughing already. <laughs> How are you? Great. How are you? I'm well. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into our topic, because we're about to... Woo. Yes. <laughs> yes, I have been in education for the last 17 years. So either in higher education and now I am in K through 12 public education. I am a diversity, equity and inclusion trainer. I have my own training and consulting um, LLC and I'm also a children's book author. Great. Thank you so much for being here. So we wanted to come together today and talk about um, our work in advocacy um, and a lot of my work. Um, a lot of the things that I do was the result of Terry in my undergrad days, pushing me to like be an advocate and to learn and to grow in this field specifically, but understanding how we um, use Jesus or use our faith um, as a critical tool into, um, you know, our advocacy work and the things that we do to push along this agenda um, to get us some more equal rights and things like that. So um, I'll go ahead and ask you a question. Like, how do you feel Jesus leads you or your faith leads you and inspires you like in the midst of all of your advocacy work? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it is pivotal and crucial to it, right? So this type of work is really, really hard, right? So it's not yeah. something that you can leave at the office at five o'clock when you go home, right? It's not something that right. you don't think about um, on your lunch break or anything like that. It is a lifestyle. It's not right. just a job. So I think when you have a difficult um, job that is kind of emotionally taxing, in a way that you have to be prayed up, right? Stay prayed up. You have to um, have those conversations with God is what I do, right? right? Like I want him to lead me so that I am doing and saying the right things um, to get the right result, right? Mm -hmm. So oftentimes that is, is, it's just difficult work to start with, but oftentimes right. you have to make sure that you, you are, um, settled and, you know, just calm and right. just <laughs> have that right. demeanor when you're having these types of tough conversations. So definitely, um, lean on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like in my personal experience, a lot of times, um, I want to react to things negatively. So mm -hmm. for instance, I'm going to tell y'all this quick story. This is probably one of the funniest stories me and Terry have. <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> Oh, I was really mad one day um, in the cafeteria at school and I went up to Terry's office and I was just like screaming like I don't want to be here like these people being racist I was just trying to get a cheeseburger and Terry was like Taylor you don't know this over a cheeseburger like I will take you to McDonald's <laughs> and I'm like I hate this place and it was like a culmination of these microaggressions per se of being in an all white institution. So my mm -hmm. first reaction in the past has been to be angry, to be upset. Um, but I feel like 
in growing deeper into my faith um, and in reading my Bible. So I'm reading my Bible cover to cover right now. I'm understanding, you know, like Jesus was an advocate and Jesus had a universal concern for people who were marginalized or people who were oppressed. And I want to lead like him. Um, And so understanding things like that. So like, that's when like my background, but I'm still, I still get upset. I still like try to remember, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus has to deal with these same things and we are called to live Christ, live um, Christ-like and things like that. So, yeah. you know, it's just been crazy, but something else that I also wanted to talk about today um, was the role the church has um, mm-hmm. in our recent Black Lives Matter movements and things like that. And I do want to take the time to say that although it's not publicized anymore, like this is still a movement that's going on. We are still making strides right, to push right. um, for political change and things of that sort um, that constantly perpetuate these social inequalities that we see, this unfair treatment, police brutality is still a thing, um, whether it's in the news or not. So yeah, like I've been really interested and I want to hear your perspective on what the church's role is um, in this kind of work. Yeah, I have been thinking about that a lot lately. Um, as you know, and the viewers probably mm-hmm. or listeners yeah. <laughs> probably know, um, there's been just this organized pushback against diversity, equity, inclusion, as well as mental health, the social emotional learning initiatives right. in our public schools, specifically our predominantly white public school systems. Mm-hmm. And it has been very interesting because a lot of the attacks that I have received, um, they weaponize God. Right. So they will say, oh, you posted on your social media account about the use of pronouns and LGBT individuals and your anti heterosexual couples. And you're I mean, you just like name it. And that's not of God. And I'm like, well, first of all, it's a public school system. So (laughs) it's not it's for everybody. So not everybody here believes in God, but I also don't think that God would appreciate you sending me nasty gram emails or talking to me disrespectfully and things like that. So with that being said, I feel that the role of the church should be larger in having those conversations with their congregation members. I would love for more church leaders to step up and say, you know, you really should not be threatening (laughs) the director of diversity or the security director or the um, school resource officers or the superintendent, all of those people that they are sending nasty email messages to, um, saying negative things on social media. I've been called a racist. I've been called all types of things, right? Um, So, but yet these are the same people who sit in the pews and say that I'm anti-Jesus, which is funny, the assumptions that they make. I mean, I grew up in a Black Baptist church. That's that's pretty Christian, right? My dad was a deacon for um, a period of time. Um, So I really wish that church leadership would step up more and have those conversations and really challenge that. You shouldn't be outside the school board meeting, singing church hymns, being against people. Like that's not how that works. Yeah. And my whole thing with that too, is that our, our number one command is to love one another. So you know, it's not mm-hmm. my place to judge anybody. Like that's their personal walk. Um, and I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure people are not being targeted, you know, for their walks of life because that's not Christ-like. But yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with what you said about, you know, the church needs to play a bigger role in it because a lot of times I feel like 
we are learning the same messages in church. You know, we learn about the resurrection. We learn about, you know, um, the prodigal son, things like that. And churches are like, well, we don't want to get too political. And it's like, Black people are dying. Black and brown people are dying. This isn't a political issue. This is a humanitarian issue. Um, And why not teach about these Mm -hmm. very prevalent stories in the Bible, you know, the Good Samaritan stories like that, um, as another tool, you know, to do this hard work or to help people understand. I also feel like a lot of our mega churches, um, our local mega churches are predominantly white. Mm -hmm. A lot of white people are not going to listen or even tune into what a lot of people of color have to say about their own experience. So why not take that platform and use it, you know, for good to push this along, um, simply educate to educate about the intersections of, you know, faith and injustice. Um, absolutely. I think it's about the execution, right? So I feel like it's a cop out when people say, I don't want to get political, right? So you can talk to your congregation. If somebody doesn't believe Mm -hmm. in X, Y, or Z, then that is their choice. But their execution does not have to be negative, right? So you can contact me and say, hey, this school system, I don't think there should be um, a book in the school library with Mm -hmm. two moms in it. If that's how they feel, they have the right to make that comment. Now, do I agree with that? No, I do not. But there's a way to deliver that, that is not accusatory, that is not rude. You do not have to call me names. You do not have to call me racist. You do not have to call me evil. You do not have to threaten my supervisor. All those things that are happening and not just to me, but across the country, all those things that are happening, the execution does not have to come like that. Absolutely. You can state your peace, especially if you are Christian in a godly manner, the way he would want you to, Mm -hmm. and still get your point across, actually get it across better Mm -hmm. because we're not like, whoa, wait a minute. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're going to have to stop you. You can't just sit here and yell in our faces. Right. And I think too, in my, not even, I think in my own personal experience, some of the meanest people that I've encountered have been Christians. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm like, ooh, like, why are Christians being attacked by other Christians? Like, why can't we come together and have a conversation? You know what I'm saying? Like, to talk about, you know, okay, this is what we, this is what we're doing. Like, this is what we see. This is our perspective. This is the lens we're looking through because we have a lot to learn. Um, and I feel like it's so cliche to say you realize you have more in common than not. Um, but understanding, you know, everyone's perspective and the way that they go about doing things. And I also believe like in the movement, different people have different assignments. So mm-hmm. where I'm on the front lines marching, you know, there are people who can be doing other things on the sidelines or supporting the people who are out there on the front lines. Um, so just thinking about that being we we are taught in Sunday school in Bible study, you know, to be slow to anger, quick to listen. Why mm-hmm. aren't we not? you know, we're being so judgmental about other things. Why aren't we taking a step back to look at ourselves and the things that we are doing wrong, if that makes sense um, in those moments? Like, it's just like, I've been like, wait, you're, you're a believer. Like, and you're talking to me like this. Like, right. there's no way, like there's, huh? Like what's the disconnect? What mm-hmm. is it here? So. Yes. And oftentimes uh, when people, when people bring, like I said, weaponized God. I just think right. in my head, like yeah. he is not pleased. I'm sure. Right. <laughs> I'm also, I'm always, a lot of times I'm also like, do they know that Jesus was Brown? Like, mm-hmm. 
do you know that Jesus was brown and you you out here? You know what I'm saying? Like it's just crazy. And to also know that like he was an advocate, he was an ally. He didn't sit with the rich. He sat with the poor. He didn't sit with those who were always doing things. He was sitting with prostitutes, people who messed up and needed grace time after time again. And it's like sometimes I feel like when I'm with other believers, I'm like, what Jesus do y'all serve? Or like, what Bible are y'all reading? Because the the examples are very clear to me um, of the ways that he, you know, was an advocate, of the ways that he was an ally, of the way that he loved, um, despite people's issues or despite their quote unquote sin. Um, Because again, at the center of it all is loving people. Right. I don't don't think they read it. You know, I don't think that people really, I think, um, you know, in the United States, a lot of people are brought up um, right. in Christianity and you go to church and you go to church and you sit mm-hmm. there and you leave. Right. You know what I mean? So the actual intaking and being touched by your by the spirit and actually gaining something from that, a lot of times right. that just does not happen in right. the Bible. Like, just like God overall is weaponized and Jesus is weaponized, the Bible itself is too. Right. So there are plenty of people who do a lot of the things the Bible says do not do. Right. <laughs> but yeah. they want to talk about other people doing things that the Bible may say do not do. You know what I mean? So it's like a pick and choose what's convenient for them. Right. Um, all those quotes that you just said about being slow to anger and not right. being judged, mm-hmm. um, judgy and you all those things like right. you're right. literally doing that while you're talking to me right. about something. Absolutely. Like That's, how does that yeah. work? Yeah, it's yeah, it's very hypocritical. It's very just mm-hmm. like and I see why people will be turned off from their faith or from wanting to grow closer, um, with that, but, you know, there are going to be people that spoil it. Um, and so, you know, (laughs) having a strong foundation, especially in this line of work, because it can feel like you're getting nowhere. It can feel like there are all these crazy people coming Mm -hmm. out of the woodwork that are so anti, you know, this movement, um, so anti black lives matter. So anti LGBTQ plus, um, just anti all of these things. And it's like, why you know like I just I what is what is at the heart of all of this and people to me like I've when I've sat down to talk to people they're afraid um because they understand you know that they are benefiting from the oppression of other people um and so they think it's gonna they think it's payback I oftentimes tell individuals that um I work with in four that people are fearful because they assume that DEI work is about payback Right. And if it was about payback, then yeah, we, you should. But, but, and, but let me tell you one thing about black people. If we wanted to get payback, we would get payback. Okay. Like y'all better be lucky. Exactly. We only want equality and not revenge. Right. Like, and so I really do think that they do realize the um, atrocities that has gone on. Yeah. They realize how bad it was. And that is what is you know, creating that fear. Right. They think like, oh, we, my ancestors did some stuff. Right. And so now we're going to have to pay for it. And I shouldn't have to pay for it. Not that's why you oftentimes hear people right. say, well, I didn't do that. That was my great, 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 blah, right. blah, 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 blah. And so that's, I think the fear is that yeah. they really think that's what it is. And it's not right. like the world is not going to get any better if we just pay you back. Right. <laughs> that's right. not what we're going for. That's but that's what they're, a, a lot of people are afraid of. That. Yeah. Yeah. And I would challenge people. Um, I feel like people listening to this podcast probably are the people doing the work. 
already, but challenge those that are close to you, challenge your loved ones. Um, Cause I always say, I have a lot of, I'm close to a lot of white people. And I always say like, you know, I can walk out of y'all lives. A lot of y'all got to deal with white people that are like in your family and things like this. So I'm trying to like help y'all, but like challenge them and having these honest conversations and question, you know, exactly what they are afraid of. Because a lot of times um, the fear is greater than the danger itself. So mm-hmm. um, absolutely, I think that for sure, especially in this, I don't even know what to call it. This sector, like what is diversity, equity, and inclusion work? Like, it's, I mean, it's in every single thing. It's in every mm-hmm. single social institution. Um, so I think too, going back to, you know, Jesus had a concern for people who suffered, um, for people who were marginalized or people who were oppressed. And his compassion for these people led to, for instance, um, great hospitals, you know, the, the beginning of modern day hospitals to help these. And then you see, it did not go the way that he intended because, you know, people were continuing to partake in this like systematic oppression. So, you know, hospitals today, we see black people dying at higher rates, things of that sort. Um, So just going back and truly studying the word to understand like that was not the intent. Um, How have we shifted this to be something that it was not supposed to be and things like that. So, right. And it can be really frustrating. Right. So like your opening question was saying that I said, you know, you really just have to lean on what you know to be true, because there is pretty much not a day goes past where I just like, okay, God, like what's going on? What's the lesson? Let me learn it. So this can move. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like what is really going on? Because it's very difficult to understand, you know, or make sense out of the nonsensical. Mm -hmm. Some things just don't make sense. I may read an email and say, this just doesn't, this just doesn't, one plus one is still two. Like this, what you're saying does not make sense. And not only does it not make sense, you're being very rude and disrespectful and condescending and un-Christ-like, although you're in the email claiming to be a Christian. to me. So it's very taxing work as it is Mm -hmm. just thinking about all those injustices, but that on top of it just brings uh, an additional layer. We had um, a staff meeting and um, one of my supervisors, you know, did an activity where it was, you know, kind of what is your hype song? Like when you're coming in, you have a day and you're ready. And I had um, Yolanda Adams. (laughs) What you were expected, but uh, right. Right. Y'all remember what I do for a living, right? Mm-hmm. So, no, for real. So, and you really have to ground yourself in that mm-hmm. or and really have to say, you know, I'll do what I'll do. I'll use the tools that the Lord has given me. And right. then the rest is in his, um, the rest is in his hands. Yeah. And you really just have to stay true to that. Right. Absolutely. So one more question. Well, I have a couple more questions because you've brought up some, some great points. How do you stay motivated and stay grounded to do this work that we are called to do um, with all the pushback, with all the criticism, like what keeps you going? Well, there's a couple of things. And I get um, complimented a lot that I stay cool under the pressure and, you know, Hey, 20 years ago, <laughs> probably not yeah. even 10 years ago, but you know, I feel like the Lord puts you in places that he knows you can handle and to help to elevate you. Right. Mm-hmm. Because probably even you were there like five years ago, I probably still wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't have been this cool and relaxed with things. Right. Um, so I think that's one thing thinking about 
you know, I do not want to let the Lord down. You know what I mean? He has presented me with opportunity after opportunity mm-hmm. in life. Um, and I want to use my gifts to kind of show, show his word through my actions and how I carry myself. But then I also oftentimes tell people, you know, I think about me and how the media portrays me and how they keep the mess going up because I am in a school district in a, in a, an affluent area. So it makes news, Mm -hmm. right. Um, more so than some of the other areas around, um, Indiana, they're going through the exact same thing, but I say, you know, let me think about, um, uh, Ruby Bridges. Right. Uh, Martin Luther King, uh, Kamala Harris, uh, Stacey Abrams, people who I know get hit with all types of just vicious, right, tormenting on a daily basis. Even just sometimes going, I will go and log on to somebody's, you know, Instagram or Facebook, and I'll just look at the comments, and I'm like, my God, mm-hmm. you know what? What <laughs> if they can deal with this? You know, I can deal with this town in right. Indiana. You know what I mean? Um, and it's not all of them having to rem- right. remember that. And I had a colleague actually say something like that today. And she was saying, you know, we have to remember that this is a small amount of very loud voices mm-hmm. um, and not let that take us down and not allowing that to that those 15 people to change our mood. Right. Right. Um, and stay focused. And um, my district leader is really great. And he is really um, big about staying focused, focused on what you do. And for me, that is spiritual, right? So I'm saying this is the task that the Lord has put in front of me. You know, he wants me to deal with X, Y, Z person for a reason, Mm -hmm. even though I may be like, oh God, (laughs) no, thank you. But he, I know that he wants me to do that. So how am I going to go in there and show God when I go in there? How am I going to go and show those Christian um, ways, not talking about God, but just in my demeanor, in the way that I'm acting in not returning the favor of that rudeness or negativity. Um, Sometimes you have to professionally check people and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, but doing that in a way that still upholds, you know, the glory of God and upholds my school district. Right. You know what I mean? He doesn't want me out there. I know Joe Osteen always, he's always chipper and he's always <laughs> talking about how, um, which I like that he talks about this a lot, but he talks about how you are supposed to do what you're supposed to do regardless of what's going on around. Oh, that's good. So you are supposed to return the shopping cart at Kroger, <laughs> right. whether anybody's looking or not. You're supposed to do what you're supposed to do and do it well because, and my mother always told me you're hired to do a good job. Right. Like that's the expectation. That's the minimum. Nobody's throwing you a parade. Nobody hires you to be mediocre. You're hired to do a good job. You know, and everything that he always says, everything that you do is a reflection of God. Right. You know what I mean? So I really have to remind myself of that. Like, okay, because if it was up to Terry, (laughs) it may not, you know, come out the same way. Yeah. That's good. Um, Okay. So I won't keep you much longer. So I have one more, one more just thing that I want to close up before we wrap up here. So if you could give advice to believers um, that are facing this type of work every single day, what would it be? 
don't read the comments. Yeah. <laughs> That's, one, right? That's a good one. People, um, you know, and some of it don't even read the articles. If you see a headline and you want to know what's going on yeah. in like your local school district, like talk to the school district. Yeah. The amount of people who talk about me but have never contacted me is amazing. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you have questions, just go ahead and ask. But I would tell, you know, believers, keep, keep your eyes on the prize. Right. Don't don't look at that stuff. It's tempting to go into XYZ group or go, look on XYZ page and see what they're saying. But it's right. going to only it's only going to serve to frustrate you. And it's not helping you to reach your goal. Right. Your goal is whatever your goal is. And the noise and the outside shenanigans are not going to help you. So I would say, you know, stay prayed up, stay focused, ignore, you know, that stuff because you don't have to deal with it. You know, don't go find trouble. There's enough troubles (laughs) going to come to you. Don't go seeking it out. Absolutely. Y'all heard her. She said, stay prayed up, put your prayer walls up and keep them up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Terry, how can we find you? Um, You didn't even mention your book, did you? Did you mention that? I just said I was an author. See, yeah. Tell us how we can get in contact, how we can this buy This is why book, I can't explain. We... I'm horrible no, for real. How can we support you? Yes, please tell us. So on Instagram, you can follow Love Makes a Family Stories, plural. Um, and that will give you information about my book series, Danda the Panda. You can go on facebook.com backslash Danda the Panda. Um, you can also go on facebook.com backslash Terry Roberts Leonard. And that will give you all the information on my training and consulting firm. It will give you all the information on the Danda the Panda book series, which will help you to navigate some of these tough um, topics as well. And the Danda the Panda books are available on Amazon. Um, Danda the Panda, welcome to my world, and Danda the Panda, love makes a family. Sounds great, and I will put this all in the show notes so you all have those links too. All righty, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, so thank you to our wonderful guests. Um, Before we wrap up today, I know we have to talk about what we're putting on the prayer wall for this week. Um, so the first is just a prayer for our country. Um, again, this may not be relevant in your life right now if you're not a person of color or even if you are a person of color and you have privilege because we also recognize when we have privilege like me. Um, so we pray for these systems, you know, that we are able to eradicate these systems, that we um, have people in office eventually who are true and authentic and truly, truly, truly do want to move the needle along um, with progression. I also want to pray for people's eyes to be open. Okay. So a revelation of understanding what this is for a lot of people in this country. Um, they're unlearning a lot of things that have been taught incorrectly. Um, and so I know that we (laughs) don't have to extend grace by societal standard but christ would like us to extend grace to those people um you know experiencing those feelings so just prayer for that and a prayer for grace if you are like me um you get frustrated you get angry and it's kind of hard to have grace sometimes um so we're going to pray for that because we are also going to pray for our own hearts as well 
Um, we're going to pray for hope during hopeless times. It is very easy to lose sight of what we're working for, what we're fighting for. So we're just praying for that. And then um, we're going to ask for strength. Um, this is hard work, y'all. Like I said, I eat, sleep, breathe this. Um, I do this for work. I do this as a passion project and all those things, you know. So we're going to pray for continued strength. Um, but that is what I have for y'all today. I hope y'all enjoyed this conversation. I hope it was engaging. And I just truly pray that you all have a great, great week, prayer wall warriors.